Hey folks, listen up. I want to tell you about this amazing service called OneRep. OneRep removes your private information from Google and more than 150 people search sites. If you've ever gone through the painstaking task of requesting for those people search sites like PeopleFinder to remove your information, then you know firsthand how sucky that is. And if you haven't done it before, then you're leaving your privacy up for grabs. Herein enters OneRep. OneRep will do all the heavy lifting for you so that you never have to bother sending in any letters of request or submitting a form online. They even send you a detailed report every month that tells you exactly how many sites your information has been found on, how many sites it has been removed from, and how many more are left to go. And here's the best part for me. You can even protect your family of up to six people by choosing OneRep's family plan. This is what I use to protect my family's privacy and I could not be happier. So I want to extend this offer for you to try OneRep for yourself and get up to 60% off. You heard that right. I said 60%, not five, not 10, but 60. Take advantage of this discount and click on the link in the show notes to start securing your privacy today. Welcome back to Massage Noir Murders. Today, I have a really crazy story for you. Many of us peruse and scroll the daily photo dumps of millions of strangers on Instagram. Hell, we even dump a few photos ourselves. Most of us are happy to get a few likes for cute pictures of our family, pets, hobbies, and other interests. And then there are those out there whose photos grab not only our attention, but the attention of millions of strangers around the world. The posts of these chosen people trigger all sorts of emotions across the spectrum. In the beginning, I bet it's a thrilling rush to be the object of so much attention. Sometimes followers reach out to their favorite influencers and share stories about how their lives have been positively impacted by the daily postings of social media stars. Some share tear-jerking stories of thanks or even in support that can feel really gratifying for recipients. But there are always two sides of a coin. There are some folks out there that everyone dreads encountering. You know those of which I speak. The predators. Predators who creep and stalk and hunt potential prey. The ones who fixate on strangers and create imagined realities about themselves and the objects of their affection. The subject of this episode, a starlet whose fame on and off Instagram put her name on the map and earned her 2.2 million followers before her death. This is a woman who came face to face with one of those dangerous fans. The fateful encounter yielded a violent ending that sent the interwebs into a frenzy and left a family devastated. This is a story about the murder of the popular Instagram star, Janae Gagnier, AKA Miss Mercedes Moore.
Janetta Grover and Mark Gognier met and fell in love in El Paso, Texas. She was a 19-year-old beauty raised in a military family, and he was a 22-year-old private from Los Angeles. The young couple soon married, and they made short work of starting a family because within the first year of marriage, Janetta gave birth to a beautiful baby girl named Janae Gognier. Eventually, the Gogniers moved to Los Angeles, where Mark ran a restaurant he owned. Unfortunately, Mark and Janetta's marriage ended in divorce, and that resulted in Janae living a split life between Texas and California. Despite the breakup of her parents, this didn't seem to cause any problems for Janae. She had always been a daddy's girl and was very close to both of her parents. They'd raised her to be a confident, proactive, and bubbly young lady, and that's exactly what she was. Her family described her as a girly girl, always interested in fashion and makeup, but she also possessed that entrepreneurial spirit, no doubt fostered by her own parents. Rolling Stone reported that at the age of 12, Janae and the daughters of her dad's girlfriend at the time started an impromptu beauty salon in their garage, where they charged a whopping $60 per head for braids. 60 bucks per person is nothing to sneeze at, especially for kids. This was an impressive detail to learn about Janae's early life, because as she grew and aged into womanhood, that entrepreneurial spirit continued to stick out. Her dad, Mark, said that Janae, quote, always loved fashion and she always loved money, end quote. And really, who doesn't? So what did she do? Well, her life decisions put her on a path to indulge in both loves. As a teen, Janae experienced the drama and angst that most of us went through. As much as she loved her parents, she often fantasized about and vocalized her excitement to live on her own. This was typically brought on when confronted with the boundary placed by one of those parents. In high school, she found herself somewhat going astray from her childhood go-getting mentality. She would spend her time hanging out with friends or bouncing between Texas and California. Janae also changed schools quite a bit, so there's no doubt that all that movement contributed to her lack of interest in education and fueled the desire to take control of her life. She used to go on and on so much about living on her own that when she turned 18, finally, her dad bought her some luggage like, well, here you go, adios. This would later become a fond memory shared between father and daughter, but at the time, this was not a tactic that she took well. That said, according to her half-sister London, Janae was a bit of a drama queen, so her reactions tended to be big. By the time she finished high school, Janae already had a serious boyfriend, and together the young couple moved to Las Vegas in pursuit of new opportunities. At the time, Janae had been enrolled in school training to become a dental assistant, but that was an option that went out the window when Janae took up a new profession in Vegas, exotic dancing. It was on the stages of hot Las Vegas strip clubs that Miss Mercedes Moore was born. Having always loved the luxurious side of life, Mercedes was a nod to said luxury and more because as Janetta put it, 
Janae was always in pursuit of more, more, and more. Now, as you probably imagine, stripping was not the profession Mark and Janetta had in mind for their precious daughter, but it wasn't their decision to make. It was hard to argue against the benefits Janae experienced thanks to her new job. Sis was so popular on the stages that she could earn $5,000 a weekend. Listen, I ain't mad about it. At 19 years old, Janae was making bank. Most of us will never see. She knew that dancing would keep her looking great and living the lifestyle she always dreamed of. So what was there not to like about it? Eventually, the relationship with her boyfriend came to an end. According to London, Janae's relationships tended to go that way. Guys would always fall in love with her image, but couldn't handle her profession or couldn't accept the fame. So things would eventually come to an end. But this wasn't such a big deal for a young woman dominating her industry and earning top dollar while doing it. She felt no shame in her game because dancing was away from point A to point Z. It not only paid the bills, but it also proved to be just the thing to catapult her into insta-stardom. Janae used her professional name and began posting sexy, flirtatious photos of herself on Instagram. Thanks to her solid fan base from stripping in popular clubs in different cities, her social media presence grew fast, and before anyone knew it, she was able to stop dancing for a living and became a full-time influencer and model. While her content is no doubt provocative, it's a far cry from taking it all off in a room full of strangers, grabbing and feeling all over her. There was distance between Janae and her audience that social media afforded, giving her a sense of security. Besides, social media stardom was and still is all the rage among popular exotic dancers in cities across the country. According to Marquise Trill, a content creator and influencer, all the IG baddies got their start from stripping. I mean, look at Cardi B. She also started out in the strip arena and has since risen to superstardom. Now, while Janae's family eventually warmed up to the stripping thing, when the social media and then the fans only account became a thing, again, the tension and concern mounted. The very distance that provided an air of safety between Janae and her fans was also the thing that worried her dad. Jose Martinez for Complex Media quoted Mark voicing his concerns to Janae as saying, quote, my monthly conversation is, Janae, you have all these followers, some probably because they love you, some because they like your look, some more crazy, and some obsessed, end quote. He was right. Lots of folks consumed Mercedes more and built fantasies about her to the point of obsession. And when all of them are randos on the internet, it's a lot harder to combat something you can't see. But despite these facts, Janae remained unbothered. Sure, she scared easily and had even previously been doxxed. In case you're like me and have no idea what in the world that is, it's basically any normal social media user's worst nightmare. 
Doxing is a form of cyberbullying that involves searching for and publishing private or sensitive information about a person with the intent to expose, exploit, or extort the victim. So this is something that actually happened to Janae back when she lived in New Orleans. And even though it happened, Janae's sister London told reporters that Janae never let on to being afraid. Sure, she had the -the run-of-the-mill paranoia because she was an Instagram star, and yeah, there are wackos out there. But for the most part, she was fine. In fact, London is convinced that if Janae had known she was being stalked, then everyone would have also known because she was very vocal about her fears. On the other hand, her father seemed to shoulder a lot of the worry on her behalf. Mark told ABC 13 News that he had to relocate Janae three times due to his own discomfort about some of the things that had transpired after her IG success, which is how Janae came to live permanently in Houston. She loved living close to her father, and she looked forward to moving into a new house with her boyfriend. London told Rolling Stone that Janae had finally met a guy she felt she could plan a future with. He loved her for who she was and wasn't insecure or intimidated by her career or fame. Janae was excited to move in with him and was looking forward to introducing him to her parents in the coming months. On top of the blossoming romantic life, Janae also created several streams of income in addition to her IG and fans-only accounts. She was sponsored by Fashion Nova and was working on launching her own line of leggings and a hair extension brand. Needless to say, Janae was expanding her reach and moving her financial interests forward. Life was really good, and the future seemed bright. Little did Janae know, she was making plans for a future that would never come to pass. On August 29, 2020, Mark was just returning home from a fishing trip when London called to tell him something unsettling. London told her dad that Janae's friends had reached out to her because it had been several days since anyone had heard from Janae, and she hadn't even updated her Instagram page since August 17th, which coincidentally was also the last time Mark spoke with her before his fishing trip. London told Mark that the last time she talked to Janae was on the night of Thursday, August 26th. Janae had attended the pool party of NBA player James Harden and FaceTimed with London to chat while driving home. While London's report was concerning, Mark admits that initially he wasn't too worried because he figured Janae was just sleeping off a long night of partying, which happened from time to time. But being the good father he is, after several more missed phone calls from him, he and his girlfriend decided to head over to Janae's house just to check on her. As soon as they arrived, Mark spotted something that threw up a big red flag. Sitting in her driveway was her BMW, which, according to London, was strange in and of itself because Janae never parked her car there. So when Mark and his girlfriend spotted the car, they both got the same sinking feeling and wasted no time getting inside. 
Mark literally kicked in the door and the couple rushed inside the luxury apartment. Upon their entry, they saw Janae lying on the floor at the bottom of the staircase, partially clothed. Mark told his girlfriend to get something to cover Janae with, so she ran up the stairs to get something. At first, Mark assumed Janae had fallen down the stairs, but no sooner had that thought entered his mind than it was gone just as fast when his girlfriend made another disturbing discovery. She'd found a strange white man with a knife in his chest covered in blood and trying to breathe in Janae's room. In addition to the intruder, the walls were graffitied with ramblings and lipstick. The man had scrawled a whole explanation and apology on the walls of Janae's bedroom using lipstick and a pen. Apparently, Mark and his girlfriend had walked in on the suicide portion of a murder-suicide. I actually don't know the estimated time of death of Janae, but her killer was still breathing when her dad arrived. And apparently he had walked around the apartment dripping blood everywhere he went. Mark told reporters that, quote, by the looks of the apartment, he had cut himself and bled all over the apartment for two days. There was blood everywhere, in the kitchen, the bathroom, the freezer, droplets, puddles, droplets, puddles, end quote. So it sounds like this man stabbed himself or was stabbed and just walked around Janae's house going through her things and bleeding all over the place. It was an extremely bizarre and traumatic experience for Mark and his girlfriend. To summarize it in Mark's words, quote, no parent should ever have to find their child like that, end quote. When law enforcement arrived, they began collecting evidence and the bodies were taken away for autopsies. As police processed the crime scene, the bedroom where the killer had been found was fully taken in and what police saw was truly disturbing. Remember how I said the walls had been covered in writing? Well, this guy, he'd written all sorts of stuff on the walls, but there were a couple of things that really stuck out. And sadly, as information about Janae's murder was shared with the public, the writing on the wall fueled the social media rumors that threatened to overshadow the facts. The killer scrawled, quote, Janae led me to think she cared about me, but wore another man's ring, end quote. The man was referring to a huge blinged out gorgeous ring that Janae sported on her delicate hand that her boyfriend had given her in May. You can see it in some of her IG photos. The ring is a real attention grabber. And I guess this deranged man was upset that Janae was in a committed relationship. Other things he wrote are, quote, I should have stayed in Florida and I wish I never met her, end quote. But the quote that the internet ran with and used as a reason to victim blame and put their massage noir on full display was, quote, I was used for money, end quote. So at this time, police don't know what they're dealing with. But as the investigation continued on, facts became clear as what investigators believed happened began to unfold. 
The killer was identified as 34-year-old Kevin Accordo, whose last known address was in Wellington, Florida, with his parents. He was a grisly, unkempt-looking man with wild, crazy eyes, but he had no history of violence or any criminal record. His autopsy revealed that Accordo killed himself by repeatedly stabbing himself. Now, can we take a beat here to talk about that for a minute? How deranged do you have to be to kill yourself by stabbing? Like, listen, I legit feel paper cuts on a level eight, no lie. Those little tiny slices really hurt. And I find myself being extra careful for days to avoid irritating them. And I'm sure you can probably relate to that. So I cannot imagine stabbing myself multiple times in an effort to kill myself. And yet that's exactly what this man did. He just kept cutting and stabbing himself until he eventually died. Bruh, what? As for Janae, well, her autopsy report revealed that she died by strangulation and traumatic concussion to her head. I could never find any reports that said she'd been hit in the head with a blunt object like a bat or a hammer. So I can only assume that the head injury happened during the struggle. Janae was tiny, only four feet, 11 inches, and not particularly strong. I imagine that while she tried to defend herself, she was easily overpowered by her attacker. I cannot imagine the range of emotions Janae experienced during those last moments of her life. She must have been so terrified. On August 30th, just the very next day after Janae and Accordo were found, Click2 Houston reported that the police stated they didn't believe Janae knew her attacker. So right away, the police statement should have stopped the impending onslaught of vicious rumors and character attacks about Janae. But of course, the exact opposite happened. Before the autopsy results were released, the internet exploded with rumors that Janae had died from HIV, then supposedly she died from COVID. People made up all sorts of shit and none of it was true. It was just a bunch of randoms on the internet trying to exploit this violent tragedy for views and clicks. It is and was absolutely deplorable and completely irresponsible. But this wouldn't be an episode of Misogynoir Murders if there wasn't some level of disdain for Black women involved. Bloggers and YouTubers, male and female alike, decided that the ramblings of a madman validated and underlined the opinion that women shouldn't commoditize their bodies or use men for money because when they do, this gives men license to kill. Content creators, and I use the label very loosely here, published all manner of videos, blog posts, and IG posts that condemned Janae's profession and used her as a cautionary tale to warn other women not to engage in this quote-unquote behavior. So my question is, what behavior? Are they referring to entrepreneurship? Because I don't really hear folks crying when men get on IG showing they thangy thang all the time or showcasing their bodies for likes. 
And frankly, if men weren't so thirsty creating a market for this behavior, then this wouldn't even be an issue. So how about folks turn that misdirected outrage to patriarchy because this crazy man who was a stranger felt entitled to Janae's life. So he took it. The only person to blame for that is Kevin Acorta, not Janae. People should not be blaming the lovely 33-year-old woman who was literally minding her business when someone stole her life. In addition to the victim blaming, the internet was ablaze with the notion that Janae was an escort and Accordo was a trick that got played out of his money. One reason folks believed that he had a paid sexual relationship with Janae was because there weren't any signs of forced entry into her house. People believed Janae let him into her house and things went awry and he lashed out and killed her. What police suspect actually happened is that Accordo entered through the garage door. But again, despite public statements by the police, folks on Beyonce's internet still carried on spreading rumor after rumor about this dirty man being Janae's John. And I have to rant about that a little bit more because let's just think about this critically for a minute. Here's what we know. Janae was a celebrity with at least five streams of income, according to her father, she was dropped at gorgeous and hung out with men like Drake and James Harden. She got paid to simply make an appearance at a party. She sported a whopping multi-carat ring from her man that she was moving into a luxurious home with. Now here's the rub. Somehow, Janae needed the money from this poor grungy white man who lived with his parents and others like him because she was quote unquote an escort. Bruh, the math not math in here. Folks out here just not even trying to use any logic. They are so steeped in their misogyny that they can't even see how none of that makes sense when you look at the reality of Janae's life. For the sake of the argument, let's just pretend Janae was an escort, which she was not, let me be clear, but let's pretend she was. Wouldn't it make so much more sense to have clients like, I don't know, NFL players, powerful CEOs, international music stars? Like, why degrade herself to clientele who are broke and basic? Honestly, you can't make that scenario fit no matter how hard you try. And yet you can look in the comments on just about any photo of Janae and find at least two different people spreading these very lies. And a solid of them are pick me women. It's also infuriating and disrespectful. And just like I'm ranting about this, so did a lot of celebrities, one of which being Cardi B. She came to Janae's defense and basically cussed everybody out who tried to justify Janae's murder. I'll avoid quoting her directly, but let's just say she went in with a quickness. Of course, Janae's family was appreciative that Cardi came to their beloved daughter's rescue. But the reality is, it shouldn't have even taken all that. People really should be kinder. After all, 
This woman was murdered and she was loved by a lot of people. She was a daughter, a sister, a friend, and a lover. She was a whole person who existed and lived her life to the fullest. She didn't deserve to leave this earth in such a horrible way. She didn't deserve to have her privacy violated and her peace destroyed. There will never be a valid excuse for that. And I encourage anyone who thinks her murder was justified to search deeply within themselves to figure out why they think that. As a people, and I'm talking to you, my Black folks, we will never get anywhere together if we continue to throw some of us away. Each and every one of us has value and we deserve respect and decency, period. No matter our profession, no matter how we look, none of that matters. It's really time that we do better, folks. Per the usual, thanks for listening. If you're a fan of this podcast and you listen on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave a five-star rating. Your five-star reviews help make this podcast more visible to other true crime fans. Also, if you haven't already, click the link in the description to sign the petition for Mikeyana Johnson's murder. She's the subject of episode five. It only takes two minutes to sign and share the petition. This is a Savvy Sounds production, written and produced by Renetta Rideout.